0: Welcome to the Apartment Operators Podcast, where you can learn from experienced operators what it really means to be an apartment operator. No fluff, no sugarcoating, just the raw, unfiltered truth of the ups and downs of operating multifamily communities.
1: Welcome everybody to the Apartment Operators Podcast. My name is Joseph Goslan. I'm your host. And today we have a very special guest, Mr. Jack Bosch. Welcome to the show, Jack.
0: Thank you for having me, Joseph. I'm super excited to be here.
1: Awesome. You have a lot of experience in so many different aspects in real estate. Why won't you take a couple of minutes and tell our audience a little bit about yourself, what you've done so far? Um, You have an accent just like me. So tell us a little bit about the background for there and then what you're doing today. Well, first of all, I have
0: a much stronger accent than you. (laughs) I've actually almost never hear your accent. So, so, but I obviously, I sound like Arnold, just I don't look like him. Um, So I, again, my name is Jack Bosch. I'm actually from Germany originally, came into the United States in 1997. Uh, Three weeks into it, met my beautiful wife and wonderful and super smart and strong wife, Michelle. Uh, A Few years into, we we finished our college degrees here. Uh, We got jobs, we hated our jobs. We went from there to learn real estate and started a company together, Flipping Land. So just like other people flip houses, we flip land, which is simpler than house flipping because there's no tenants, toilets and termites, right? which is something we're gonna talk about a lot right now. Um, and we made that our cash machine, we built it up, uh, flipped over 4,000 pieces of land, and then turned the cash and the income, uh, we realized at some point of time that we, that we if we wanna ever retire really well and, 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 and nicely and so on, then we can't, we can't re- you can't retire in an active business because unless you sell the business, because otherwise if you stop the business, then the income stops. So we realized that we needed to take the money from there. And then even though we sell a lot of our land, we sell a financing, so we had cash flow from that, those even those are 5 7 10 15 year notes that will also stop at some point of time so we realized that what we need to do is we need to get we need to specialize not just on generating income but on also allocating income and allocating assets and buying assets that last for our lifetime and that bringing cash flow for a lifetime so we 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 started adding to our land flipping and land-flipping coaching, which we teach uh, we teach other people how to do that. We added to that um, first single-family investing because we basically like dipped our toe in it and said, like, okay, let's figure out how these people, these renters are and, and what's the deal with them, and dipped our toes in that, saw that we could actually manage a portfolio, not just where we live in Phoenix, but another portfolio in Cleveland and another portfolio in Omaha, Nebraska. And we're like, okay, I never have to go out there we have a property manager in place, let's step it up. That's when we started syndicating apartment complex deals. Uh, And now we are invested either as general partners or uh, the minority as also limited partners, but significant limited partners in about 700 units.
1: Awesome. So you got a lot going on, right? And and one of the first thing we ask everybody is self-manage or third party? Third party. Okay. Everything. Even our
0: even our single families are being managed by third party.
1: Okay. So I, what was the driver for the decision?
0: Um, well, we learned it on a single family because on the single family, we literally I went from, from on the weekends. First, we started in our neighborhood, like in in Phoenix. Uh, we bought some houses in like a C class neighborhood, but a well-located C class neighborhood that easy to get to the interstate, easy to get to everywhere. And these houses have been a hundred percent full ever since we owned them, they're like, the moment they're vacant, you fix them up again, and you got five applications within a matter of a few days. So, uh, and good quality, uh, good thing. And tenants are now staying in for like eight years, 10 years already in those same properties. But what I realized is that we actually, we needed to go with our old car, we didn't use the Mercedes for it, we used the old Toyota 4Runner, right? Go house to house to house and pick up rent. And, And it was nice, but, I'm soft at heart. And when people tell me when the lease comes up and I was like, yeah, we got to rent, increase the rent. They would tell me the story and no, and the dog died and then an emergency room and this and that and that, there's like, well, okay, let's, let's wait a little bit. And we realized we, wouldn't, we weren't as strict. If they broke a window, we ended up fixing it and paying for it. But they broke the window. A window doesn't break itself, right? Mm-hmm. So we're like, uh, no, at some point of time, he's like, you know what? We want to go travel. We like traveling. So we like spending the summer, two, three months going out of town and you can't pick up rent. So we brought in somebody else to pick up rent who then supposedly was uh, attacked by somebody and the money was stolen. Did it really happen? Did it not? We don't know, right? We don't know. So it's like, okay, that doesn't work. And then let's just go third party. And what we realized is that we are actually making more money on these rentals with third party than we'd made our own because now it's the property manager's like, well, that the owner wants to increase the rent. We have to, it's our hands are bound. Well, you broke the window. The owner said it's like based on the law, you have to pay it. So we got that middleman that can be kind of like both good cop, bad cop and, and do those things that are necessary to make the property perform and take people to court and, and evict and whatever is all necessary. And after that experience it was like, we're not going self-managing probably ever again. Plus, when we went to multifamily, our multifamilies are not close to us. The market in Phoenix where we live is extremely hot. Properties trade at the three and a half cap or four cap, which is like crazy. And and so we're going into the secondary tertiary market. So we have properties in Oklahoma City, we have property in Kentucky, we have property in North Carolina, and I'm not going to go out there every week. So we go out there a few times a year, but we go, but we don't go out every week. So third party was the only way to go. I didn't want to have to manage uh, higher payroll, all those things I I wanted somebody to be in place. So
1: You wanted uh, a turnkey operation.
0: A turnkey operation. Now, did it work like that always? No, I can tell you some couple of horror stories about that.
1: We'll it's- get to that one in just a minute, right? So before we talk about the ordeals, you have to go with the third party management. How did you go about selecting your third-party partner?
0: Well, I can tell you how not to go about selecting.
1: That's but, just uh, as valuable.
0: Well, now, um, the first property that we bought was a 90-unit, classy, 90-unit, all-townhomes, uh, beautiful property, classy, older, 1980s, but but a nice property. We still own it. Actually, we, we, we actually uh, restructured the deal, bought our investment. Out and we're gonna own that for the next 20 years as just a buy and hold property. Um, just happened last year. But this property, the way we did it is, we had a friend that that also owns multifamily in a different state, and he knew this. He, he was he was like, my property management company is the best in the world. They're nationwide. They're absolutely amazing. And uh, and there, I couldn't. And, and, and I trust this guy. He's a good. He's a good guy. He's a, he's a friend of mine. I trust him. So. So um, so I was like, okay, I talked to these guys, they said all the right things, but I didn't dig any deeper. So we hired them. And what it turns out to be that it was a company that bought local property management companies all over the country. and was in the process of rolling them into their national brand, but in the process of them being rolled into the national brand, they kind of still operated in limbo and kind of like their own way. And what happened is that property management company that they had bought in, in, the, in the location where my friend owned multifamily, that happened to be a great operated property management company. The property management company that that we were talking to and then ultimately hired ended up being a disgruntled owner of a single family home, a single family property management company that ended up running uh, our 90, 90 unit apartment complex like a single family, meaning his team was not HVAC certified. That means we spent forty thousand dollars over the for next say, over the next six months replacing air conditions that should have been repaired. Uh, they were not in good. They were not good managers. They instead of keeping everyone in because there was a lot of people on month-to-month rents, mm-hmm. instead of keeping them in, they 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 basically canceled their their uh, they raised their rents and they all left. And then within literally four months, we went from a 90% occupied unit uh, property to a 65% occupied unit, and we were bleeding left and right uh, financially on that property. At that moment, we kicked them out, and then we learned how to properly select a property management company. I mean, you 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 learn. We 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 had them. We we well. First of all, we asked around. We looked at the properties in the market that looked really wisely well-maintained, that were full, that had nice rents. We asked who runs them. Uh, we selected them down. We interviewed them. We asked for referrals. We looked at, we, uh, we, we um, yeah, we, we just did a whole bunch of checks. We asked them if they're HVAC certified. We met up with their with their maintenance uh, team. We met up with their leadership team. I mean, we, we dug deep to really see what are their philosophy what is their philosophy? what, their, what are the actions that they are taking? typically and, and then we picked one and we couldn't be happier. They brought this property back within four months to 90 percent again and it has been all through COVID and everything it has been 98 to 100 percent occupied with 97 to 98 percent rent collection. So I mean they did an absolute fantastic job.
1: Yeah, so I just want to echo what you were saying it's just in a little bit different way because we've heard that over and over and over from previous guests in the show is that it doesn't matter if it's a national brand or a local company or anything else. The the only thing that actually matters is who's on site. Who is the actual people with the boots on the ground? Who is the manager of the property? Who is the regional supervisor of that property management company? And and obviously processes and and having the right accounting team and, and all that is super important, but they can have everything lined up in corporate, but if the people in the field are not good, it's not going to end up well for anybody. So, um, um, uh, unfortunately, we have the same experience as everybody else that we've heard before. Hundred uh, percent agree.
0: That, that that one that we ended up hiring was uh, they had they, they every year they win various awards of the National Apartment Complex Management Association or whatever it's called and uh, and for for best place to work in, for most efficient for best processes and things. So. Not that I knew if that really means something, but now that we've worked with them for a couple of years, I know it means a lot because every new person that they bring in is highly trained, knows what to do, is professional, is is really, really good.
1: Yeah. Okay. So now is it time to tell us a little bit more of those horror stories? Uh, uh.
0: Well, I kind of already did. I mean, these guys, they weren't, they, they, they wouldn't risk resp- the first one like that we hired. We hired the wrong one. We hired it based on, um, because it was the first multifamily that we bought, which goes to the point that if you think, you know, real estate, real estate has so many different facets, right? And so mm-hmm. many different angles that you can take. If you know how to flip land, doesn't mean you know how to manage an apartment complex. If you know how to flip land, if you know how to own and manage single-family successful, the dynamics of multifamily are very different, right? So not good or bad, just different, right? A little bit more complex, a little bit different engagement, little different things, and 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 so on. And so, on. and there's probably no such thing like a perfect property management company. They all have their strengths and weaknesses. You just need to make sure, as you said, Joseph, that that the team on the ground is 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 there, highly trained. They know what to do. They follow up. I mean, the team now follows up like on every lead that they have ever heard until that lead tells them no. Right. Yep. So there's like, if there's 200 leads that are still linted and inquired over the last six months, they're getting a a message. Like every week they're getting a message from from them. It's like, have you found a place to live already? You want to come back again? And until they tell them, leave me alone, I have a place to live, then we take them off the list. But before we don't. And and those are fantastic things to do versus the other one. They were like, first of all, they kept the old leasing agent in there. Um, They... They were completely enabled. Like we said, like okay, we need we need to bring this. These people left, like as I mentioned, people mm-hmm. left like crazy. Like we had 25 vacancies in a matter of four months, so for down from seven vacancies to 25. So now the problem gets like so. Why are we not filling these vacancies up? Right, we're in a good season for renting. Why are we not filling up? Because they're not rent ready. It's like okay, so why don't you get them rent ready? Well, we only have one maintenance guy, 90 units. You can't really afford to have two. So it's like, okay, well, can we bring support in? Well, we only work with licensed companies. Okay, that's fine. Then let's bring in a licensed company. All right, they want $20,000 to make a uni rent, rent ready. And I'm actually not even like not even, uh, not even exaggerating a little uh, too mm-hmm. much. There, They were like 15 to $20,000. It's like, are you guys crazy? Like getting a uni rent ready, if you don't have to replace the kitchen or the bathroom, if you replace the carpet, you know what it costs. Like the carpet is perhaps a thousand dollars and the rest is three hundred dollars in paint and, and clean up fifteen hundred dollars, sixteen hundred dollars, you should be ready. And they're like, now we can't do that because we don't have the manpower. It's like, well then let's temporarily hire another maintenance guy. Well, let's let us start with that, but it might take six to eight weeks to find one. And they were just like not reacting, not acting. It was trying to push a cart uphill and mm-hmm. and, and it's just we couldn't get anywhere. And to the degree that I had to, on my own pocket, hire the husband of our leasing lady, who was a a handyman. And he brought in two other guys and I paid them outside of property management to get these units rent ready so we could actually lease them. That's how chaotic it ended up turning. Uh, And then while we are looking, while we're searching and finding and looking for another another property management company. And then the moment we set uh, eyes on uh, the moment we decided on that one, they were able to actually step in within two weeks, which is pretty fast, usually takes them perhaps 30 days. They were able to step in within two weeks. And, and then they brought in their team of experienced people. And boom, 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 boom. Not only did those units, uh, I mean, as I said, within three months, we were back to 90%. Within another uh, two months, we were at 98%. And we have literally stayed there, stayed there ever since for the last pretty much two years right now.
1: Yeah, and these are great examples of what you just said earlier. That real estate, different real estate assets have different dynamics to them, right? In a single-family word, a, a person that manages single families, even if it's thirty or three hundred, they usually don't have their own crew. So, AC breaks down, you call an AC technician. Something with plumbing going on, you call in a plumber. Um, and then, if I need to get a unit uh, house ready, I'm calling a contractor. That does all the sub in for themselves, versus in the apartment world, right? We usually have on-site maintenance guys that can do all these things, and if not, then we bring apartment contractors and not <coughs> retail contractors. That helps you turn a unit for two, three grand instead of 20, 30 grand. Um, yeah. We just went through the same process with a, a small property we help one of our clients manage, and we brought in contractors for a 300 square foot of, uh, a studio apartment. Like I'm not kidding 300 square foot and we got bids over $30,000. And it's kinda like, I, what's going on here? Like I can buy another apartment for $30,000. You wanna renovate a 30, uh, 300 square foot for $30,000. So yeah, uh, you can't work with retail uh, anything, retail technicians wow. or retail contractors. It just doesn't make sense in the multifamily world. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you interact with your third-party property management. How, how often do you have a phone calls? Who do you talk to? How often you visit the site?
0: Yeah. So so it, it depends on, on which property it is. So on uh, on the one um, on on one of the the one in North Carolina takes a long time to get to from Phoenix. So it takes a full day to pretty much get there. But, um, so I don't go to that one very often because it's also run beautifully things. So, so I, I might only go there like, but now at the beginning, I went there more often, but now I might only go there like three times a year. Right. Now that sounds very little. But we have weekly, I get lots of pictures instead, right? So I get lots of pictures. Last time I went there, I saw that there was a little little moss growing on the weather side of them from the sprinklers. Because it's 90 units on 15 acres. So there's lots of grass and and things. So there's like a little moss growing. So I I basically ask, okay, by this date, I need all, all this to be power washed. And then I get building by Building after building after building, I get the pictures, and I don't have to go. Spend an entire day flying out there, uh, checking, renting a car, doing their staying overnight, and then and then coming back the next the next day, and and be completely wiped out, right? So I get I get those things. Now larger decisions right now are coming up. Uh, now that we 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 refinance and thing and then. And we, we bought our investors out on that one. So we're keeping this for the long term. So we're making some more major investments in it. So for any of these major investments, I'll make my way out there. So we're adding some extra parking, but right? we're converting uh, the shed into an actually leasing office because right now they're using one of the units mm-hmm. as a leasing office and we need to open it up for revenue. And instead, there's this beautiful shed. that's just a two car garage, basically a beautiful building. Actually, it's the same kind of building as the rest of it. Just it needs to be converted. Um, which, again, I had asked the first property management company right after we bought it to get us a quote, and it was like a $100,000 quote. (laughs) I was like, really? I don't want to rebuild the thing, right? And I don't want to rebuild it with with, with granite countertops and and, and everything and marble floors. I want it to just, like, it's basically the equivalent of a burned unit that needs to be redone. It should be costing about $25,000. To, to, to finish this up with some insulation in there because all plumbing and everything is there already. Right. Right. So uh, so now we're getting quotes to make it really pretty and it might cost 30, 40 or so, but that's, that's in the budget. But when that happens, I wanna, I wanna go out there. But then what we do is we receive, I receive an email from them every Monday morning which lays out exactly all the statistics, how many visitors we've had, how many, how many applications we got, how many approvals, how many new clients, if we have what, how many people we have on a waiting list. If we have a waiting list, um, it, it shows us how many people the, the leasing agent followed up with. Um, it tells us how, what we're collection tracking for the, for the month and for the week and for the month, uh, what we are in rent collections. And it tells us what maintenance items were, were done for the week. And um, and then if there's any activity was done on the property, like a celebration or a party or so, it gives me a bunch of pictures of those. Usually, with that, I look through and I might I shoot up a clarification email. I don't even have to get on the phone with the team at that at that time. Uh, if every if if the property is at at ninety eight percent occupied, basically we have one one vacant unit. Yeah. Right. I don't, uh, I don't need to, I don't need to, then I have access to, they use Resman as a property management, a financial tool. Uh, so I log into resmond, I have all the day-to-day financials that I can see. I don't need to waste anyone's time and then jump on a call with them. However, um, but we do get on a call, at least let's say every two, three weeks, just to catch up on stuff, but then also as we, as we put in projects. For every project, when we, we kick off a project, when we get, for those we get more regularly, on, on the phone with each other uh, because they might get three quotes and I, I don't want to just look at the quotes. I want to talk to them and say like, okay, so what's mm-hmm. the pros of this one and that one and then we talk these things through. but So there's a few phone calls a month perhaps and uh, and this one email a week and then perhaps other emails that go, go through, uh, go, go back and forth. Now, if you go to a refinance, of course, and the interaction is tenfold higher, right? Because then you need all kinds of stuff from them uh, for the lender and uh, it just goes back and forth. Now on the other property, we do a phone call a week and I get a little bit, they're a little bit less organized, the other property management company in our Oklahoma market. So they're sending me more, uh, we we go to the KPIs that I'm interested in more uh, on the phone. So they send me an email the night before we talk which says like how many who 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 applied who was who was allowed who was not because for example one of the things we did there just we just increased the rental requirements actually right in the middle of COVID we is like we yeah. want better tenants so we actually increased the requirements and and successfully that actually helped us successfully navigate to COVID because uh, we got within about three four months we had quite a bit of turnover and we got a lot. Better tenants in and they paid all throughout the COVID so it was it was it helped a lot but there we are I still they also use Resmin as a a platform so I can also look at those things but there I mean I have a phone call a week I might have a phone call with accounting once every two two months or so because they book stuff in a way that doesn't make sense to me and so I'm like diving in is like why are you booking like that and and we we have a conversation about that and and that's that's about it but then there's also an additional with that property with that regional property manager she operates very well on text so we just text back and forth on a bunch of things uh and email back and forth probably another five six emails i would think well not five six emails a week but some weeks it can be five to ten emails other weeks there's nothing but so look, bottom line is we're plugged in on a weekly basis look at our financials that might trigger a conference call to dig in some more detail. And, but again, this property is right now, 91% occupied. It was 95, but then we were actually lucky that I don't know, like, you know, last summer, they, they actually stopped the eviction moratorium for about four weeks or three, four weeks. Right?
1: Yeah. Between so, August and September. Yeah.
0: Right. We were ready. We had everything ready for that to stop. The day it stopped, we submitted everything, we got it processed, and we were able to evict 13 people the day, the morning of the reinstatement of the of the of the moratorium. So as a result, our occupancy though dropped from 95 to like 86 um, mm-hmm. percent, and so it took us a little bit to fill that back up. But we're at 91 percent, but collections are actually higher than they were when we're at 95 percent because we got better tenants.
1: Yeah. It's better. Got it. So, um, thanks for sharing all of that, right? So, in your journey moving forward, right? Do you see yourself buying more multifamily properties?
0: Yes. So, last year we passively invested, but with a significant share in uh, we, we we became twenty percent owners in a tick in a tenants for, for a for tenants in common structure, whereas only four owners. We own 20% of it of 258 units in Kentucky, mm-hmm. so that we, we invested in that. Now that's passive, but it's for our owners. It was a great opportunity, great value add, and all four owners want to hold on to that property for a long time. So, uh, so we're like glad to invest a more significant amount in that to um, to just for cash flow. And we are actively we're actually hiring a transaction coordinator right now and an acquisition manager um, in the next few weeks. To really get get uh, because it was always like something we did like part time. Mm-hmm. Like we we have we have a land flipping business, we have an educational business, and we are investing in these assets in order to uh, sometimes the syndications providing other people an opportunity to mm-hmm. to invest with us and so on. But also for us to be able to well to put our own our own money into something that has that that has the depreciation and the and the, the cash flow for more longer term. So with that said, we definitely want to continue that. Um, We have switched our outlook though a little bit that instead of doing syndications, we might still do a few syndications with a lot of investors, Mm -hmm. like 30, 40 investors or so. But we also have since connected with a few investors that have similar outlooks as us that are potentially want to invest like uh, more significant amounts and and like put three or four investors together and own a property for the foreseeable future like 10 15 years yes and so for that we we can actually tackle a little bit of a different product so instead of it having to be that product that everyone else is chases which is the value add property we can go even into an almost a stabilized kind of property but in a higher rent growth market and just basically because we don't need to make an eight percent return in year one, we if we can make a three, four, five percent return in year one, two, three. But then with the rent growth, be it an eight percent, ten percent return in three to five years, yeah. every one of the investor group would be happy. And then we'll just hold it for another ten years afterwards, continuing to 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 get higher and higher cash flow on the property. So so our, our strategy is shifting a little bit on that end, um, but it's uh, and and it's And and yeah, this is, yeah, shifting a little
1: bit. Yeah, no, it's it's a great point uh, to what you're saying is it all depends on the strategy and it's all dependent on the investor's expectation, right? So on the syndication world, our investors are always looking for high return and and immediate kind of uh, immediacy of that return. And then the high net worth individuals that you're talking about, and I've met a few of those myself, are more into Let's buy something that is a higher quality in a better location. We might not see a lot of returns in the first few years, but multifamily and commercial real estate in general is like, uh, I like to say, it's like wine. It gets better over time, right? right? Cause the inflation uh, is eating through your mortgage payments and um, rent keep going up and up and up, right? So, um, so I, I totally understand that um, strategy so that strategy, strategy still aligns with your decision to stay in the third party management space, right?
0: It does, because on those kind of properties, there's not that much heavy lifting to do from a, uh, from a value add kind of point of view. So, so yes, do we, might, we, might we end up with a property that we still in the next five years need to replace all the, the kitchens and interiors and upgrade them. Yes, but then it's a five-year project, right? You buy 200 units, and you upgrade 30, 40 units upon move-out, little by little, and you just basically bring in on payroll potentially almost like two extra maintenance guys in, or two extra contract, two extra people in that can do that. Property moves out, they go boom, 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 and yeah. and, and put it in place, and 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 a good property management company can can manage that. I think it becomes a little bit more of an issue. If you have to do really a lot of heavy lifting at that point, I, I, I want to be involved because I want to be involved on a daily uh, on a daily weekly basis. On the other ones, it's just more like checking off the box: is the next unit ready? Okay, are we doing it within the right within the right parameters? We're in the right cost, using the same material. Is it uniform? And you just as long as you put those things in place and you have a good team, uh, it can be managed uh, third party.
1: Understood. Okay. So um, let's talk a little bit about value-add, right? I know your properties are value-add, uh, especially the syndication ones. Uh, give us a few examples of things that you guys like to do in order to bring the property value up from the income perspective. We'll talk about expenses in a little bit, uh, but let's take off the table, the usual ones, increased rent, applied rubs, right? Um, so other than these two, what other kind of things you like to do that increases your income in, in the property you pick up? So we like
0: to put amenities on the property. Most of the properties we own don't have a whole lot of amenities. Like the one in Kentucky right now is actually getting an indoor pool. Like oh, it's, wow. 50, uh, it, that, it, it's, it's 50, 258 units. So uh, they have this big metal thing and, and, and it was already started, but when we bought it, we, we decided to finish it up. So it's gonna have an indoor pool that the community can use. In that community, I don't think there's another there's another property that has that. But again, it was already, it, it, it only took another $50,000 to finish or $75,000 to finish that pool. And it was already prepared because that's like $120,000 pool or so. Um, so now on the other one, if I'm thinking about, again, once in North Carolina, it has zero amenities. It has zero amenities and it had zero amenities. So now. We added, and uh, we're still adding some of them because, like, we were just through fixing the issues that the first property management company caused. When we brought back the other one, and we were just ready to put in the things. Whereas it's like, okay, the winter hits, let's wait out the winter, let's wait for spring 2020 to come along. But of course, COVID hits, right? Yeah. So we still haven't added anything there other than be able to rent it. We bought it because we know rents were $150 to low, uh, but that's one of the obvious, right? So mm-hmm. um, we, what we what we have done is, what we're doing now is, in the next two months, we're adding a playground. We're adding barbecues. We're having a. We're adding extra parking on the side. We're adding overflow parking over there uh, on on both sides of the property. We're adding because every park every every unit only has one parking spot right in front of its door. Mm-hmm. So anyone comes to visit, it's it's not an easy kind of situation. So uh, or some people have husband and wife, obviously, there, where do we put the second car? So that's been a little bit of an issue of contention. So we're adding this out there on the side, then uh, what else are we doing there? We um, we are adding, um, we're not adding a pool because it's just too much effort and, and liability, insurance rates go up and so on. Uh, but one, a lot of the things we do in our properties are actually intangible. So we are really really firm believers that a even a C class property, even the tenants in a C class property which is typically like workforce housing, they don't just want the place to put their head at night right? they want they want a the place to feel that, and then, first of all they need to feel safe so one of the things we do is we put up a lot the first thing we do is we put we increase the night lighting on the property by a factor of 10 mm-hmm. like we we go out and put Big bright LED lights all at every door and everything, and, 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 may, and turn and disable the ability of the tenants to actually turn it off. So basically, there are photovoltaic things at night they turn on, and in the morning they turn off. And that means the property is lit up like a Christmas tree because that, that single mom that works at Walmart and comes out from the night shift at, 10, at 11 or from the late shift at 11 p.m that single mom wants to feel safe on that property right so those are little things more psychological things that make a difference um what do we do we we, we upgrade the interiors um to uh, actually now in that It's all they're both two they're all townhomes they are two-story units mm-hmm. we're actually replacing the carpet to the entire units even upstairs okay so um so
1: you're going to hard floors, even on the second floors?
0: Even on the second floor. Well, the vinyl-looking hard floors. Yeah. Even on the second one, because most of them we realize this is like a husband and wife, a single person, or perhaps a single mom with a couple of kids and so on. If it's your own kids trampling on you, it does less bothersome if it's somebody else in another apartment tramples on there. So, we just tested one unit, tenants love it. So, we're gonna roll this out over the next, uh, over the other units over the next year um, because it is it not only is it, um, it, 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 the units look nicer. And then our other property in Oklahoma, all the units are like that. Now, they're all single floor units, but they're all a piece of carpet in that property anymore. So, that helps on both ends. It's a one time, little bit more investment, but then it's a cost saver, but it also it's a higher perceived value than a shampooed property that still has a bunch of cigarette stains, right? So um, it still, it's, it looks nicer. It looks like, oh, wow, this looks cool. And then mm-hmm. people go to somewhere and get themselves a $50 rock to Ikea, get themselves an $80 rock if they really wanna feel something soft under their feet. And yeah. now they have a nice looking unit. So, so that's something we do on everyone. Um, but, but we're really big on, on trying to create a community. So we're big on, on on doing barbecues. We're big on doing Fourth of July. We're big on doing Easter egg Easter egg hunts. We're doing back to school uh, back to school backpacks. We're doing uh, popcorn in the office for the kids to come in. Uh, we're we're doing we're doing things like that to provide decorating decorating contests for Halloween and 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 things that people can embrace and feel like they're uh, part of it. And even in one property, we did something, we found a local community college where some of the kids needed, um, needed extra hours, like for some reason they needed, they needed hours in community service or something like that. Okay. And uh, it was part of their curriculum. So we brought them in and we brought them in as math tutors for the, for the kids in the, oh, in the school. Cool. So they basically twice a week, this, this, this college student comes in and and the kids of the neighborhood, because that property happens to be right next to a not very good elementary school, right? So the kids that, that stay there, they're going to that school and they're struggling. Well, guess what? Now there's somebody that for free gives them some tutoring that, so that they can advance a little bit more. And that's just super well received in the community by, by the tenants. Uh, some of them treat it as babysitting, which is okay too, but others, but others are see the Valley's like, yeah, I want like it to be successful. Like, uh, and, 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 and so that it's, it's, so we're doing, we're trying to do well by doing good too.
1: Yeah, no, it's fantastic. It's a very creative way to add value and bring value to the community. And it doesn't cost you anything but a phone call to the local community college. I, I love that idea. It's, it's, a, it, we haven't heard that one before on the show that that's definitely a great one.
0: Sure, I'm glad.
1: Um, we
0: also added a gym. We saw, I saw this little storage room off the off the policing office. And it's big enough to put to, tread, to, to a treadmill, some weights, and, and, uh, and a bicycle thing on there and, and a rack or for, for, for weights and so on. So it's like, uh, why don't we just turn the door from inside to the outside and put a key card thing in there and people can get a key card for 10 bucks that if they bring the key card back, they get the 10 bucks back. And but they can go, now we have a 24-7 gym, right? Which we didn't have before so little things like that that add amenities with the barbecues with the with the pergolas with the thing and now we're replacing on one of the properties on that same property where we were on a leasing program with the with the, with the laundry units and it mm-hmm. has its own separate standing building with like 10 washers and dryers and 10, uh, uh, 10 washers and 10 dryers and the leasing is over because the leasing made us no money and there was these old uh, top loader machines So we basically told them to kick them out and within the next six to eight weeks, we're bringing in new, our own equipment, our own equipment there. So our our maintenance staff is now being trained up to fix those and and we're gonna have a a little bit variety of things, not just the small ones, but we're gonna have at least one big one. So we might only have nine washers, like uh, eight small ones, a medium one and a big, uh, like seven small ones, a medium one and a big one. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and now we get to keep all that revenue, and we calculated it should add about fifteen hundred dollars to two thousand dollars a month in, in actual profit to the bottom line. I mean, that's twenty grand a year. At a at that's that's a three four hundred thousand dollar value add to the
1: property. Yep, fantastic, um, great. So so let's flip the coin and talk about expenses, right? Uh, what do you guys do to kind of shave off expenses or um, be more efficient on your expenditure?
0: Right. So, uh, well, one thing is, for example, uh, the, the, the the laundry thing itself, because as I discovered shortly into owning the property is that, that we not only did we get only like this tiny revenue share, which usually can, the results literally was like $80 in a year we made on that thing, but we also had to pay for all the water and the gas because mm-hmm. it was connected to our main unit. So now, shaving that and turning it over, it's not only going to increase revenue, but also uh, it, but also at least we're now spending the money on our own stuff. Right. Yeah. So, so uh, other than, I think the, the really one of the biggest ones is we have uh, on the 146 unit property, we have one maintenance guy and one guy who is mainly in charge of turns. Mm-hmm. So, so these two are good, but because of that, we don't have to do almost anything outside. Like we, uh, we, it's extremely rare that we have to bring in an outside company. So we have the salary expenses, but not much more. Like it's extremely rare that we have to replace an AC because we got, we got, we got all these different because they can fix the ACs, and some of these ACs are pretty old, and they still fix them and fix them and fix them. So that saves tens of thousands of dollars a year over the course of that that property because um, you got 146 ACs that you don't, of which you don't have to replace even if it's just 10 a year, it's 40, 50 grand that you would have to, that you're saving. Yeah. So here's Um, a little
1: trick on that one that we've learned is um, I contact, I I found a contact that works for a company that installs new ACs. And I told him, look, on my properties, we have two, two to two and a half tons condensers. So if you go out and you replace a working one, save it for me. So we end up I think I we bought that. like 30 or 40 condensers last year at a cost of like um, $200, $300 a piece. So yeah. we, were, we were able to replace you know broken parts and, and get all new condensers that are in good working shape. Uh, we usually like to take when they do like a, a bank. Uh, so banks and big commercial uh, companies, they replace ACs on a schedule not when they need to, right? Because if you're a bank, you can't wait till the AC breaks down, right? And then the entire branch is a hot sauna in Texas, right? You replace those on schedule, even though they could have two, three, four years more left in them. Uh, So they take off really good units and they put brand new ones. So we're happy to take those off their hands uh, um, and saved us tens of thousands of dollars in the last few years.
0: I love that idea. That's, That's great. Uh, what else do we do I mean um, there isn't there isn't that much that we like we on one of the units uh, one of the properties on the carpets that exist we bought a carpet cleaning machine ourselves and there and then the maintenance guys carpet cleaning the machines that so saves it saves off saves us 150 bucks of that or whatever it mm-hmm. like saves us a little bit money there uh, we've've we've seen um, there, I mean, there's, there's that, but one of the things is the, one of the property managements, that's also again in favor of, of, um, of, of third party management in this case, they are so big that uh, they're well known in Texas, uh, they're so big that they bring in their own, uh, they, they bring in their container full of, of, of stuff from of fixtures from China. And uh, yes, makes their product a little bit kind of like predictable in the sense that you know, if you walk into a property that they manage, it's the same kind of stuff. But what it does, it's it, it pretty, we don't ever have to go to, to Home Depot and pay $150 for whatever it is, because they pass it on pretty much as a service to their, to their, to their properties at, at cost or if it's just a very slight markup. So we get what cost at Home Depot 150 bucks, we get it for 75 or 80, right? Uh, so that that's a, that saves a lot of, um, of money. And then mainly having well-trained people that can fix all kinds of stuff. Because again, unless it's something major, we, we don't have to bring outside contractors out for, for almost anything. And then again, it comes down to having a good regional manager. Our regional manager on that property is a hustler. She is like, she, is, uh, she doesn't take no for an answer and she is going to find the best contractor that does it uh, like a really good contractor that does it for a really low, low dollar amount. And uh, and so we um, so that all together keeps keeps costs uh, fairly down.
1: Yeah, fantastic. Um, I want to be conscious of your time. And you have another uh, appointment coming up soon. Um, if you met young Jack 10, 20 years ago, right? Uh, And and you can tell yourself that, you know, 2009 is the bottom, buy everything you can. Uh, What advice would you give yourself?
0: I probably would have accelerated to multifamily quicker, right? Because, again, I love our land business. We're going to do land flipping for the rest of our lives. I love teaching it. But um, long-term wealth generation, long-term and big, massive wealth generation happens more with the multifamily, but it's also 3.2 million times more complicated, right? So, yeah. uh, so don't get me wrong. So, so I, I wouldn't change a thing in what I've done. I would just sort have probably transitioned from, well, not transition. I would have probably added multifamily five years earlier.
1: Yeah,
0: right. So that's what I would have done five or ten years earlier uh, than I have, about five years earlier than I have, and uh, and would have done more quicker, right? but uh, it's okay. We have done well. We're, 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 we won't complain. We're, we're at a really beautiful spot in life and, uh, and, and life is good. Awesome.
1: Okay. So uh, tell our audience where they can find you. If they want to reach out, invest with you, or learn more about your land flipping business, how can they find you? And we'll obviously put links in the show notes.
0: Right. So if you want to know more about our apartment complex investing uh, activities, you can go to Orbit Investments, so O R B I T If you want to know more about the land, which we really didn't talk about, but if you're intrigued by that, you can go to Land Profit Fun, like having fun, Land Profit Fun.com, and uh, check out more details there. Awesome. And also JackBosch.com, my website. Uh, I'm on Facebook, I'm on a different platforms everywhere. YouTube. Awesome.
1: Jack, you've been fantastic. You brought a lot of value to our audience. Thank you so much for uh, being on the show.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. And for you, the audience, if you want to hear more, please subscribe. Doesn't matter if it's on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, wherever you consume your podcast. And feel free to leave us a review. We'll see you later in our next episode. Thank you.
0: Thank you for listening to our show. If you want to enjoy
1: more episodes, please subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, or SoundCloud.
0: For questions or feedback, please visit our site at www.aptopr.com.